0: Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Romans chapter number six. And I am speaking uh, over the next few weeks and I introduced it on Wednesday Bible class uh, on a subject that I am calling Kingdom Lift. And this subject here is so important to us, to you and I, because I believe that when you are a part of the kingdom of god when you are born again of water and of the spirit when you are part of the kingdom of god you should see elevation in your life you should see a lift in every area of your life emotionally financially all physical spiritual there should be an elevation i don't find anywhere in scripture from genesis to revelations where anyone became a part of the kingdom had an encounter with god and their life became worse the only way that happens is that if you enter in and then you do not apply biblical principles but i believe that when you apply biblical principles then you will get kingdom results And so if you will just apply the principles that I am teaching over these next few weeks, if you were not here Wednesday, I encourage you to go back and watch that message. We archive every message. I taught on kingdom principles that will help you to have a lift in your life. And so today we're going to stay in that same vein here today, speaking about kingdom lift, because you should see elevation in your life. And there's some principles that I want you to understand and that if you apply these principles, I'm telling you, you will have kingdom results. And so we're going to start in the book of Romans chapter number six. I would like to start at verse number 12, if you would, please. Verse number 12. So the scripture says here in Romans 6, verse number 12, it says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. So the scripture is highlighting here that we are not to yield our members as instruments. Your members are your body parts. I don't want my hands and my arms being somewhere that is unrighteous. I don't want my eyes looking at anything that's unrighteous. I don't need my ears listening to something that is unrighteous. That's why you must be careful what you watch and what you listen to. That includes music, my friend. I'm telling you, all music isn't good music. If it isn't encouraging or lifting up the name of the Lord, we really shouldn't be lending our members, our ears to that type of music because you may say oh preacher it doesn't matter well that music will get into your spirit and what gets into your spirit will eventually come out of you Mm -hmm. and so that is important don't yield your members instruments as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin but he gives you the better option yield yourselves unto god as those that are alive from the dead and your members are instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion. It shall not have authority. It shall not have a stronghold. Sin shall not have dominion. The scripture says, for you are not under the law, but now we are under grace. But then he asks a question. He says, what, well, what then? Because we're under grace, what does that mean? Shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace, he says, God forbid that. So because we live in grace, that doesn't mean that gives us a license to do whatever we want, expecting God to forgive us of the things that we've done. No, my friend. The Bible says, though, verse 16, know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey his servants. You are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death. If you choose to obey that, that's what's going to be the result or of obedience unto righteousness. Everyone say obedience unto righteousness. I have another version here that I would like to read from 6.16. It's going to be up on the screen here. It says, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey. It's your choice. It can be to sin, which will eventually lead to death. Or we can choose to obey the word of God. Or in other words, our obedience, which will lead to righteousness. Everyone say obedience will lead to righteousness. That's the principle that I want to teach today. Obedience unto righteousness. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit that we feel. I thank you, Lord God, for all that you have done this morning thus far. Now, God, I pray that you will help us speak to our hearts right now. Lord, this is your church. We are your people. These are your sheep. I am your vessel. Help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. If you're ready to receive the word, clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Today, I would like to distinguish the difference between someone being compliant and someone that has kingdom obedience. You know, when I'm driving down the road sometimes, maybe I shouldn't use myself as an example, when you guys are driving down the road sometimes... There's a speed limit that says 55 miles an hour, and some of you decide to go a little bit over that speed limit. And have you ever been pulled over? You don't have to say, man, or raise your hand. But if you've been pulled over and you're going about 70, hmm, but the speed limit's 55. And that cop pulls you over and says, hey, what's going on? Are you in a rush? Are you you're headed somewhere? And so you want to say, well, I was just being compliant with everybody else's speed. The car ahead of me was going this fast, so then I wanted to go. I just wanted to keep up with the traffic. And then you get frustrated because you're wondering, well, why did you pull me over? You didn't pull everybody else over that was going 70 as well. I don't know about you, but that has not worked for me yet. So if anybody has a better excuse or reason or something that I can say when I'm just being compliant with everybody else. But the problem is, is that there's a greater rule in place. There's a greater, are y'all hearing me right there? There's a greater authority in place, and I'm deciding to overrule that authority because everyone else is deciding to speed, so then therefore I want to speed. Our world is like that. It's like they put things in place even though there's a greater authority in place. Amen? There's a greater law in place, but because everyone else wants to say this is okay, then we decide to be complying with that. I'm sorry, my friend, but this is what must reign in our life. So I want to distinguish the difference today between someone being compliant and someone that is kingdom obedient. Compliance is when someone agrees to a general rule in place and the majority comply to that rule. God is not looking for someone that just simply complies with the majority, but he's looking for someone that will obey no matter the influence of peers. Let's look very closely at what Paul says to the church in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Or in other words, we do not war according to the flesh. He goes on to say, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, a stronghold is anything on which one relies. A stronghold is also considered a fortress or a castle. So, for example, when the people of God came across the Jordan River, they came into Canaan land, and the first city they were to conquer was Jericho. Well, Jericho was a fortress. It was a walled city. It would be considered a castle. And for example, they only defeated Jericho because they were obedient. That is how they defeated Jericho, was because of their obedience. They were told to put down their weapons and march. To put down their weapons and keep silent. To put down their weapons and when I tell you to shout, you are to shout. You are to put down your weapons and when I tell you to blow the trumpets, you are to blow the trumpets. There are many here today that have strongholds things on which you rely on, a fortress in your life. I wonder today if you would be willing to lay down your carnal weapon, your carnal ideas and pick up a praise. Lay down your carnal thoughts, carnal ideas and pick up the weapon of a shout unto the Lord. And when you begin to praise him and when you begin to shout unto the Lord, watch the Lord bring down your walls. Paul gives us clarity on where our strongholds lie. Verse number five says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything the scripture is highlighting here that tries to reason with truth, he says, cast it down. Anything that tries to compromise the Christian faith, he says, cast it down. That word imagination also is interpreted arguments. Casting down arguments. Some husbands and wives are like, oh, that's it right there. Casting down arguments arguments disagreements god is saying that we have the authority to get rid of it i can either entertain it now stay spiritual with me i'm done with the home okay stay in the holy ghost with me so anytime the enemy tries to entertain something that contradicts the word of god i have the ability to cast it down You and I have a choice to entertain it, dwell on it, and then therefore the enemy says act on it. Or when that thought comes to my mind, I can cast it down and let the enemy know greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. And no matter where I am, I can be at home, at church, I can be in a grocery store. Anytime a thought tries to entertain uh, my mindset to try to get me to contradict what God has already promised me, I immediately cast it down and give my God praise. Let me give you an example because things that we are waiting on God to do, those are the things that torment us over and over. And it's in those moments when I feel tormented by the enemy because I'm still waiting on things for God to perform in my life. I just turn around and look back what God has already done and I give him praise for what he's already done. Mm -hmm. Uh So the enemy cannot torment me because I'm still waiting on him. I just remind him God's already done it before. I believe he can do it again. hallelujah anybody ever praising for what God has already done anybody ever shouted thank you Jesus for what he's already done if you can't think of anything he woke you up this morning he gave you strength in your body he's given you another opportunity somebody ought to thank him for what he's already done hallelujah yeah Verse number six says, and having in him a readiness to revenge, or in other words, punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. At word fulfilled there means complete. There is something I seen on, I think it was YouTube, and I want to try it with my children there was this video where they were showing kids in a room and they had a camera on each kid. They couldn't have been no more than five years old, these these kids. And they laid a cookie in front of them. Oh, this is a mean video. (laughs) They laid a cookie, a good, nice big cookie too, right in front of them. And And the adult in the room says, now, if you do not eat this cookie, I will come back later with another cookie. Well, you want to talk about casting down imaginations. If you don't eat this one, I'll come back with another one. And man, those kids are in there. I mean, they're being tormented. They're just going through like, and you see one kid picking off the sprinkles. He's kicking up. He's licking her. (laughs) <laughs> there's one kid looking around seeing if anybody's watching and then there's others they just <laughs> they didn't care they just ate it they were willing to sacrifice i mean it's it's torment i do want to try it though with my kids just to see which one will do it because when you apply the kingdom principle of obedience listen now there will be kingdom results They were trying to teach those kids discipline. If you can discipline yourself to do this one thing, there's going to be something greater that is coming. Hallelujah. If we can just discipline ourselves to be obedient to the word of God, I'm telling you there's something greater that is coming. Uh If you're still waiting on your greater, God must be still waiting on your obedience. Because when you are kingdom minded and when you have kingdom obedience, I promise you, you will get kingdom results. Uh Now, let's look at this a little bit further. Let's go to the book of Genesis now. Follow me here. Genesis chapter number 12, starting at verse number one. The Bible says, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country. And from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show you. Now, follow me, count with me. And I will make of thee a great nation, there's one. And I will bless thee, there's two. And thy name will be great, there's three. And thou shalt be a blessing, there's four. And I will bless them just because they decide to bless you, there's five. And I will also curse them that decide to curse you, their six. And in thee, all families, it's gonna go beyond even your extended family, Abraham. All families of the earth will be blessed, they're seven. Now that is not coincidental there because the number seven is completion. And when God decides to open up the windows of heaven upon your life, He doesn't do anything halfway. But if you want the fullness of God in all seven results, you have to do what Abraham did, and that is obey. obey. So the Bible says in verse number four so Abraham departed as the Lord told him to do. Amen. Now you would think if God told you all those things and you promised all that, hey, where are you tell me to go, I'll go. It sounds good, may even sound right on paper. The thing is, though, is that many of us are challenged to do things and God is trying to help us to go to another level. But yet we lack obedience to his word because Abraham was told to leave his own house, his own family. Oftentimes, God will cause us to do things uncomfortable that are uncomfortable to us. We don't really maybe want to do it sometimes, but God is trying to get you to another level. And see, these seven kingdom results only became a reality when and if Abraham obeyed. So the Bible says in verse number four, he departed because obedience demonstrates our faith and trust in God. You show me someone that is mightily used in the kingdom and I will show you someone that is obedient in the kingdom. There is power. Everyone say power Power. follows obedience. Everyone say power. Power follows obedience. I want you to think about this here. Jesus told the 10 lepers to go show themselves to the priests. And because they were obedient, they were healed. Jesus was teaching in a synagogue and told a man that had a withered hand, stretch forth your hand. And because of his obedience, he was healed. Jesus told the lame man that was at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years to take, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And because of his obedience, he was healed. I'm telling you, if you're waiting on healing a miracle in your life, God is waiting on your obedience. Obedience, and thou shalt be made whole you don't have to wait on someone else to tell you what to do you need to listen to the voice of God and when God says move you've got to move and when God says go you've got to go and I'm telling you because of your obedience you will be healed the scripture says in the book of Philippians chapter number two starting at verse number five he says let this mind be in you Now, this mind Paul is referring to is an obedient mind. Now, I'm going to prove that to you here. Let's just keep reading. He says, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6 says, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, listen to this now. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him. Or in other words, because of your obedience unto death, I'm going to highly exalt you. And give you a name that is above every name that is why everything we do whether it be word or deed we do all in that name because he was obedient he never would have been highly exalted if he lacked obedience because power follows obedience because God was obedient Jesus Christ was obedient the man Christ Jesus was obedient God said I'm going to highly exalt you it was after Jesus Christ was obedient unto death the Bible says that he died he was buried and he rose again and after he rose again the scripture says that Jesus said out of his own mouth all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me because because power follows obedience you want power obey it will follow you you don't have to chase power power will follow you everywhere you go it will follow you Uh, you, you, you're not hearing me right now I said everywhere you go it will follow you you don't have to say Lord be with me God said no I'm already here because you've been obedient to me you don't have to walk back into your home you don't have to walk back into your bad situation say Lord please be with me right now God says, though no, I've been with you every step of the way because you've been obedient to me and if we just obey him he'll be with you everywhere you go that's why his word says if we abide in him and his words abide in us we shall ask what we will how does his word abide in you through your obedience That's how you prove his word is there. You obey his word. But if you contradict his word, we can't expect him just to show up. But power will follow your obedience. Imagine if Abraham saying, I believe you, Lord. I believe that you would do all that. I believe you'll give me everything that you have. But he never would have left his hometown. Here I am today preaching about righteousness, and there are many people in here that understand that uh, the, 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 the scripture highlights, uh, even in the book of Romans, that there is none righteous, no, not one. There are many people that, that understand the scripture that says, well, our righteousness is as filthy rags. How are you up here preaching about righteousness? How can we become righteous? Even if we try to be righteous, it's my understanding that it's not even enough. But what if I told you there is something you can do that the Lord himself will say, I'll accept that as righteousness. The Bible says in the book of Galatians chapter number three, follow me here. Verse number six, look at what it says. It says, even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness because of his faith, because of his belief and his obedience, God said, I'll take that. Here we are trying to check all these boxes to become as righteous as we can. And God is saying, I just need you to obey my word. That's all I need you to do is just be obedient to my voice. If you can be obedient to me, I'll accept that for righteousness. I will take that right there. I will count you worthy. I will count you as somebody that is righteous all because you obey me. Now, can I take this kingdom principle just a little bit deeper here? The Bible says in the book of Genesis, let's follow me here. Chapter number 22. This is when Abraham was about to offer up his son Isaac as a sacrifice. And he told his servants to stay here. Me and the lad are going to go up yonder. Go, go worship, the Bible says, and we're going to come back here. And we, as we know as they went, Isaac is wondering, I see everything we need, but I don't see the sacrifice. And Abraham turns to a son and says, the Lord himself will provide the sacrifice. As we know, Abraham now is putting Isaac on the altar and he's wrapping him up, if you will, lazy him on the altar. I can just only imagine when Abraham's thinking, yet alone what Isaac is even thinking. And here I am as Isaac laying here on this altar. My son, my father is about to offer me up as a sacrifice. But yet in Isaac's obedience. Hmm, because some of us don't mind putting things, other people on the altar, but can we put ourselves on the altar? I, I'm a teacher this morning. We, we, we go, go somewhere here. Uh, we we, we got to learn to put ourselves on. The, we have to learn to put our ideas on the altar. We have to learn to put our ways on the altar. We don't mind telling somebody else they wrong. We don't mind telling other people you need to get yourself right. You need to correct yourself. You need to fix your attitude. But what about our attitude? We don't mind telling other people to keep their mouth shut. Uh, But what about your mouth? You know, we we quick to judge other people because when we judge others, it puts us up. We like to push other people down to elevate us. But I don't need to push anybody else down to elevate me. God is going to elevate me when I'm obedient to his word. God will raise me up. And and so here's Isaac in his obedience laying on the altar as well. So it took both. We oftentimes talk about Abraham, but don't forget about Isaac. Now, this this young boy. The, the Scripture says nothing about him fighting. The Scripture says nothing about him running away. The Scripture says nothing about Abraham having to yell him down or chasing down, try to get him to come over here. It's interesting how we gotta yell some people down, say, "Hey, it's okay, come to the prayer room. Hey, it's okay, please worship. Hey, it's okay, lift your hands unto the Lord and magnify Him. Hey, are you alive back there in the back rows? The Holy Ghost moving back there." We got to learn how to put ourselves on the altar. And even when I don't feel like worshiping the Lord, I'm going to lift my hands. Even when I don't feel like clapping my hands, I'm going to clap my hands. Even when I don't feel like shouting hallelujah, I'm going to lift my voice. Why? Because I'm putting myself on the altar. Hallelujah. hallelujah. hmm So Isaac had to be obedient as well. And and so here is Abraham. Come on, let's go to verse number 11. Look what the scripture says. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad. Neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God seeing thou has not withheld thy son thine only son from me God you didn't know when I left my own town I didn't love you you didn't know when I left my own family I didn't fear you but God had to take it to another level and now he says I know that you love me I know that you fear me I know that you'll be obedient to me And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord, my provider. As it is said unto this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said by myself have I sworn saith the Lord for because thou hast done this thing and has not withheld thy son thine only son listen now verse number 17 begins to start it off that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. I want you to notice something here, uh, that God affirms his promise to Abraham, uh, the same promise that he gave Abraham back in chapter number 12 years ago. Uh, God begins to proclaim the same exact thing unto Abraham, uh, that you're going to be blessed, uh, that I'm going to bless you beyond measure, uh, that you're going to have a great nation uh, that's going to come out of you. Uh, but this time he added something. Uh, this time we find in chapter number 22 something that was not in chapter number 12. Uh, the last part of verse number 17 it says in thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies because Abraham you have taken your obedience to another level and when you take your obedience to another level God will take himself to another level I'm trying to tell somebody that when you obey God and take it to another level God will take you to another level I'm telling you right now if you want to possess the very gate of your enemy, you got to learn how to obey him. Just walk under his statues, just trust in the Lord, and I'm telling you, you will take back everything that belongs to you. I feel like preaching here right now. I'm telling you, you ought to possess the gates of your enemies. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord, magnify the name of Jesus. <clears throat> hallelujah hallelujah i'm telling you today this morning i'm not walking out of here the exact same way but i'm taking back what belongs to me how you gonna take that back preacher it's because i've got a mindset to obey i've got a mindset to follow the lord i've got a mindset to shout i've got a mindset to dance i've got a mindset to worship why you gonna do that preacher because god told me to he said if i just hold my peace and let the lord fight my battle he said victory it shall be mine so I'm taking it back I said I'm taking it back what belongs to me it belongs to me I just gotta obey I just gotta stay in his word I just gotta stay on my knees I just gotta stay lifted up my hands and now I believe that the Lord is with me if you receive that clap your hands one more time lift up the name of Jesus Because, because when you are willing to obey him, even when it doesn't make sense, I'm telling you, God is going to honor it, that God will elevate your home, that God will elevate your life. I'm not asking you, did it make sense? It didn't make sense to Abraham to offer up his own son. It didn't make sense in the moment. Abraham just had to move by faith believing that God was going to take care of him just like he's taken care of him in the past He had to trust in him and know that God if you have brought me this far I know you're not gonna fail me now, and this is the child that you have promised me. You told me this child was coming And now you're gonna take him away? You don't hear one word from Abraham out of his mouth. But when God said, offer him up, he said, come on, come on, servants. We're about to go up here and worship. But me and my child, we will be back. Because if God told me it's mine, then I've got to believe it's mine. And somebody in here today has received the word of the Lord many years ago. And you're wondering where in the world is going on? Why is this happening to me? why is this taking place in my life God spoke to me many years ago and he said this was going to happen this was going to happen and it still isn't here or it's come and it seems like it's slipping away because God is asking you to offer up what he gave you back unto him I want to remind you you know everything that God gave you it belongs to him anyway It belongs to him anyway. The Bible says the Lord gives. The Lord takes away. Yes, that's right. yes. It belongs to him anyway. But yet we get frustrated when God tells us to give back something that he gave to us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Why? Because we have taken possession and we believe now it's mine. God, you gave this to me. Why would you take away? Huh, I feel God's spirit right here. Why would you take away something that I know I prayed for and you gave it to me? Abraham waited nearly 25 years for that promised son to come from the moment that God told him he waited a long time even made mistakes in between that time oh oh, oh my god I'm so thankful for the grace of God uh, that even though I make mistakes in the meantime uh, while I'm waiting on the promise uh, I'm making mistakes in the meantime uh, but yet God still honors his word some to shout hallelujah right there God still honors his word even when I step back on his word God says if I told you it's going to come to pass if I told you it's going to happen somebody here today needs to reach up and just hold on to the word that God has given unto you come on somebody reach up and hold on to the word that God has given unto you because if God told you it's going to come to pass it's going to happen but I'm telling you right now I'm going to leave out of here with great possessions whatever the enemy thinks he has whatever he has taken away from you I'm telling you we're coming to possess it right now we're coming to take it back right now all you got to do is obey some of you God is already telling you you need to move right now you need to worship right now you need to praise him right now and I'm telling you if you just obey the voice God will Your obedience and things will happen if you begin to throw up your hands right now Don't worry about your neighbor your neighbor can't give you what God can give you They can sit there with their mouth closed arms folded legs crossed, but I'm coming to receive I'm coming to get what belongs to me. I'm coming to take back what the enemy has taken from me I'm telling somebody you will possess the gate of your enemy if you just obey him If you just follow after him If you be led by the Spirit Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord Come on lift your voice Someone shout hallelujah